Welcome to the Yoko Podcast, brought to you by the Youngin Gyeonggi-do chapter of Korea Tessel. My name is Greg Lewis. On Saturday, November 12th at 10.30 in the morning, members of the Youngin chapter gathered at the Youngin Immigrant Support Center to listen to Maria Teresa Martinez Garcia speak on demystifying the role of bilingualism. And demystify she did. Maria put together a solid presentation debunking common misconceptions about second language learning and children, as well as shining a light on the benefits for adult second language learners, young and old. I arrived early to the meeting and found Maria was all set and ready to go. So before people began to arrive, I took the opportunity to ask a few questions. Please forgive the quality of the recording. This was an unplanned interview in an empty room next to a busy road. And as too often happens, I started by putting my foot in my mouth. Can you just say hello? Hello. Perfect. So uh, I'm talking to uh, Maria Teresa Martinez Gomez, uh, Garcia. Oh my goodness! <laughs> really long name. It's okay. It is. It's a mouthful. Wow. It, what, were you born with that name? Yes, I'm from Spain. So we, we don't change our last name when we get married. Uh huh. But we transfer the two last names of the parents to the kids. Oh, I see. So, so Martinez is my father's first last name. Right. Garcia is my mother's first last name. Well, so then, doesn't it just get longer and longer and longer? No, 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 because <laughs> when I have kids, they will be something Martinez. So only the first last name is preserved. Ah, good. Only the first Ooh. name. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, you can decide. Actually, you could do like Martinez Garcia and two more. Too much. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> too much. I, I, I agree. <laughs> that's, um, uh, I mean, things are changing everywhere, I suppose, too. Yes. So, yeah. And so your uh, your area of expertise, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you're speaking today on uh, demystifying the role of bilingualism. Is that specifically your area of study? I work on bilingualism and the acquisition of a second language phonology. And uh, actually, the first thing when I saw bilingualism, I thought, does that uh, exclude sort of like polyglots? Or are we only looking at just learning one second language? Uh for this specific talk, I'm focusing on people who speak two languages, but actually it does not exclude those who can uh, speak more than two languages. Right. Yeah. The reason I thought of that is because uh, this is an immigrant uh, center, mm -hmm. and so a lot of people come here, say, from the, wherever, say, the Philippines, mm -hmm. and so they speak that language, and then they speak Korean because they're here, but then a lot of them might actually try to acquire English as well, so then they're more than two. So that's why I was wondering. Actually, what I'm going to be talking is about two languages, but what did happens is that the benefits I'm going to be explaining for two languages just get better the more languages you know. Oh, very so good. this is kind of the baseline, right. but from there it can just improve, improve, improve. Well, that's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and so how did you get started in this field? Uh, honestly speaking, yes, please. Uh, when, <laughs> when I was in Spain, I studied translation and interpreting. Mm -hmm. When I finished my degree, 
I could write English quite well, but I couldn't speak English. So they were like, oh, let me go to the U.S. to improve my English. So I was looking for, and I saw, like, master in linguistics. And I was, like, not entirely sure what that is, mm. but let me explore. And I got so much into it that I love it, and I ended up doing the PhD on that same oh, wow. topic. <laughs> you got stuck in it. Exactly. <laughs> were like, whoa, I didn't know what it is, but now here I am. <laughs> and... Uh, I am bilingual because I'm from Spain, but I'm from one of the bilingual regions. Mm. My native language is technically Catalan, right. but I also speak uh, Spanish. Right. And then when I was learning English, the grammar was super easy for me. Mm. Like picking up the right. grammar, you were like, oh, this is so easy. Right. Then pronunciation was the problem, right, right. <laughs> as you can tell. But So I decided to focus on, on, on that, like, okay, maybe because I speak two languages, that has some impact on how I can learn English, mm -hmm. and that's how I got into um, bilingualism, and I focus mostly on pronunciation, because I was like, okay, it's so easy for me to pick up the grammar, mm -hmm. but then uh, to pronounce the, the sounds that do not exist in Spanish mm. or Catalan are so difficult for me in English. Right. Why? Right. So that's why, to try to answer for myself, kind of. Well, that's a good place <laughs> to start. Yeah. Of course, yeah. And then I love it, and I continue, continue, continue. And so is that, is, do you teach something to do with linguistics now? As, as uh, a, as a since profession? last year, I, I, uh, I'm working at the University of Utah, mm. but the campus they have in, in Incheon. So there I'm just teaching Spanish, but I have been in Korea for five years. Before that, I was working at the university, at Hanguk University mm -hmm. of Foreign Studies, right. and I was working in both campuses, in the one in Seoul and the one in Yongin. Right. And Seoul was mostly Spanish and Hispanic linguistics, but here in Yongin I was teaching uh, cognition and the brain, so more related to what? cognition and cognition the brain. And the brain. Oh, very good. I was combining, like... Yeah. The, I speak Spanish, but I also I'm an expert in in bilingualism, how the brain works. Well, that's fascinating. I mean, how the brain. I mean, it's so tied in with, with language, of course. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anything? Uh, I mean, as far as your. I mean, you said when you were learning from Spanish or Catalan and Catalan to English, the grammar doesn't change much. Not like not, not, not that like much, Korean. but some differences. I yeah, agree. Sure, I agree. But not like Korean. Exactly. Where we've got structural differences. Completely. And so, how does that sort of tie in with what you're doing? The, the where we, I mean, initially you, you're doing for yourself. Korean is actually the eighth language I learned. Eighth. Eighth. That's too much. That's too much. I know because <laughs> I'm forgetting half of those. <laughs> Uh, but what I see myself doing is when I'm learning Korean, which I'm still quite beginner, honestly, and I'm really sorry about that. But what I see myself doing is I, I learn a new structure and sometimes I associate it with Spanish. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, I associate it with English. It's like, oh, this means mm -hmm. this in English. Right. And sometimes, like, in German. So it's like, oh, this is actually more similar to this structure in German. So what I see myself doing is, when I'm uh, learning Korean, it's like, oh, this sentence is actually kind of like English. Not perfect, but makes sense in English. Right. Or this one makes more sense in Spanish. And I'm kind of working through the knowledge I already have of other languages to try to learn Korean. I see now why you said it's actually easier as you go along, because you've got more references along the way. Right? That, that, that's, for me, at least, how, how it works, yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Well, that, that, that is fabulous. <laughs> vocabulary is the problem, though, because uh, Korean vocabulary mm. does not resemble anything. <laughs> so you have to memorize it, yes or yes. Well, I guess if you've, you've already learned English, but there's a lot of borrowed words. That's true. So we've got at least that. that that's helpful, that's helpful. <laughs> the borrowed words at the beginning, yes. Uh, and, and so how did you, what's your connection then to, to James Rush or to Youngin Kotiso? How did that happen? Uh, the Spanish associations in Korea, 99% mm. of the conferences and, and the talks are about literature, but I have no knowledge of Spanish literature other than the books I've read for pleasure. Then when I go to those talks, to those conferences, I always felt isolated. Like I, I cannot like really talk with anyone because I don't understand half of what they are saying. Sure. Like I understand the words, but not really like what's behind those words. Mm -hmm. So I, I think quite by chance, I got to know about Cotisol. So I participated uh, maybe four years ago, I think it was, like four years ago in one of the international That's conferences. Before the pandemic. Exactly, before the pandemic. Right. Uh, in one of the conferences. And then it was like, yes, there are things I also don't know. But there are also things they know what they are talking about. Mm -hmm. Most of the uh, talk on how to teach languages. Uh, so when I went to that conference, I felt more like I understand what's happening in this conference. Mm -hmm. I can participate, but I can also learn from, from right. this. So that's how I got it. I joined the chapter because half of the time I was coming to Yongin and I stay here. Well, very cool. Well, here comes the rest of Yongin right here. <laughs> Uh, well, so uh, maybe we'll cut that off there. And so thank you very much for talking to me. And, My and maybe pleasure. we'll get a chance to talk after as well. That sounds perfect. Cool. Thank you very much. And so began Maria's presentation on bilingualism shortly thereafter. I found her talk quite interesting from my personal perspective as an older adult who struggles with language learning more than most, in my opinion, not just with Korean. Maria mentioned that people who struggle with a second language tend to be more easily distracted and have more trouble staying focused on tasks. And I thought, that's me. Squirrel! The Yoko Podcast is 100% organic and passionately presented courtesy of the Youngin Gyeonggi-do chapter of Kotisol. This podcast and all chapter events, workshops, presentations, and meetings are made possible only with the active participation of voting members like you. Please consider becoming a part of an important nonprofit organization by taking on an active role in your local Cotisol chapter. My name is Greg Lewis, and you have been listening to the Yoko Podcast. Join us, won't you?